Grace, mercy and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text is today's Gospel and I read again verses 8 and 9. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. The one who has ears, let him hear. Heavenly Father, sanctify us in the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Dear sisters and brothers in Christ, only last Sunday we heard our Lord's invitation, come to me all who labour and are burdened and I will give you rest. God wants everyone to receive his rest that is eternal. He wants everyone to be in paradise with him that is. And that's why his word is for all, which is the first part of today's sermon. In this parable, the sower throws out seed with abandon. Jesus says that the seed represents the word of the kingdom, that is, the reign of God. The sower throws it everywhere in the field, even on the path. The Gideons are like this sower. They give out copies of the New Testament and Psalms willy-nilly, You might think it's a wasteful giving. Who's going to read the the New Testaments they give out? But their aim is to get God's word out to everyone and that's what God wants too. That Jesus spoke in parables shows that he wants everyone to hear the good news of the reign of God. Opposition to him from Bible scholars and Pharisees was growing. After he healed on the Sabbath day a man with a withered hand, Pharisees began to plot how to destroy him. Even the crowds of people who followed him because of his miracles of healing didn't understand his teaching. He could have taken the attitude, it's no use talking to this mob, they won't believe. And in the verses between these two, the parable and its explanation, our Lord quotes from Isaiah to answer the disciples' question, why do you speak to the people in parables? Well, in Isaiah it says, this people's heart has grown fat, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed. It was just for this reason that our Lord spoke in the brilliant way he did, so that people might at least be drawn to listen to him. And where his word goes out, There's hope for a harvest. Now, something of an aside, we might get the impression from the different types of ground that the seed falls on that some produce fruit because they're better than others. Well, that would be a wrong interpretation. Jesus says that which is born from the flesh is flesh. And apart from himself, everyone who has been born from flesh is sinful flesh and needs also to be begotten by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit says the same in Romans chapter 3. All, Jew and Gentile alike, he says, have sinned and are lacking the glory of God. Through St. Paul, he says much the same in Ephesians chapter 2. And you, that is, you Gentiles, were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. And he goes on, We all, that is, we Jews as well, once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, 
and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. If you're dead in trespasses and sins, you're not partly dead. At the end of the movie The Wizard of Oz, after the Wicked Witch of the West dies, Dorothy says she's really, most sincerely, dead. You and I know there aren't degrees of deadness. When you're dead, you're dead. It's also definitely the case that God raises us to life by his powerful, spirit-filled word. All who believe in Jesus have been made alive together with him by God the Father. As he says in 1 Peter, you have been born again not of perishable seed but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. Yet, and this is the second part of our sermon, his word that goes out also faces obstacles. Our Lord tells us about the things that get in the way of his word so that we may be careful how we hear it. The first obstacle is a lack of understanding of God's word when the evil one, the devil, comes and snatches away what has been sown in a person's heart. If there's something about God's word that you don't understand, the devil can use that to tempt you to give away your faith, to give up on God's word. Rather than doing so, delve more deeply into the mysteries of the reign of God, of the reign of heaven, which is the reign of God, of course, to use Jesus' words. Ask God to give you understanding, or at least make you satisfied with what you do understand. For who in this present life can fully understand the mysteries of God's reign? The second obstacle is tribulation or persecution that arises on account of the word. When tribulation comes your way, you might be tempted to think that faith in Christ is a waste of time. Well, if so, think of the glory of heaven that our Lord Jesus gave up in order to live humbly on this earth so that he might take our sins on himself and pay the penalty for them by his cross. Be encouraged by his command and promise. Be faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life. He calls us to take up the cross and follow him that we may share in his victory over sin, the devil and death. Think of the many martyrs who have gone before you. Chrysostom, the great preacher of Constantinople in the late 4th century, angered the empress Eudoxia and was banished by her to a miserable town on the edges of Armenia. He had got offside with her when he denounced female extravagance in dress. But the final straw came when he denounced dedication ceremonies for a silver statue of the empress that was set up near his cathedral. Since Chrysostom continued to influence his friends by letter once he was in Armenia, he was sent further away to the eastern side of the Black Sea, but he died on the journey. Robert Barnes, Lutheran reformer in England, fell out of favour with King Henry VIII and was burnt at the stake in 1540 along with others. Among his final words were these, I trust in no good work that I ever did, but only in the death of Christ, and I do not doubt but through him to inherit the kingdom of heaven. There have been countless Christian martyrs in modern times. Pastor Lawan Andami, a Nigerian convert from Islam, led many other Muslims to Christ 
including his father-in-law, who was a well-known Quranic scholar. Pastor Lawan survived attempts on his life in 2015, 2016, and 2017. In a video message released in early January 2020, after he'd been kidnapped by Boko Haram, he said, Thank God for everything. He urged his loved ones not to cry or worry about him and said that he was in the hands of God. On the 20th of January, 2020, Boko Haram announced that they had killed him. According to Dr. Patrick Sukdeo, Pastor Lawan was one of at least 11,000 Christians in northern and middle belt Nigeria who had been martyred since the year 2015. When the cross weighs heavily on you, think of such martyrs. Think above, above all of the Lord Jesus who gladly and willingly gave up his life for you and take refuge in him. The third obstacle to the word of God bearing fruit in our lives is the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches that choke the word. When everything is going well, who needs God? We'll certainly need him on the day we die and on the day of judgment. As Psalm 49 says about the one who boasts in the abundance of his riches, when he dies he will carry nothing away, his glory will not go down after him, his soul will go to the generation of his fathers who will never again see light. When enticed by the world's riches, think of the great love of the Lord for you, for us, for us all. Though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might be made rich. Though many, like the people in Jesus' day, do not believe, or having been brought to faith are later caused to stumble and lose their faith, the parable ends on a note of triumph. This is the third part of our sermon. As Martin Luther preached in a sermon on this parable, we are certain that God's word does not go away without fruit. Wherever the gospel goes, there are Christians. Then he quoted from today's Old Testament reading where the Lord says, My word shall not return to me empty. There is seed that grows and produces fruit that is 30, 60, and even a hundredfold. God's word is powerful. We heard that powerful word in today's second reading. Romans chapter 8 says that the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Here, law is shorthand for law and the prophets, that is, the Old Testament scriptures. The scriptures that tell about sin and death also tell about the Spirit who gives life and sets us free in Christ Jesus from sin and death. They tell us that by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and as a sin offering, God condemned sin in the flesh, the flesh of Jesus that is, when he died on the cross, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Jesus both lived a righteous life on our behalf, in keeping with God's law, and he was condemned for our sin. So you and all who believe in him by the power of God's Spirit aren't condemned, but receive his free forgiveness. You're declared right with God for Jesus' sake.
believe that and you'll have great joy even when you don't see the harvest. But we do hear about many people being baptised into Christ, growing in his word and sharing in the Holy Supper, the feast of God's reign. We hear about Aborigines in Central Australia, thousands of them who believe in Christ and are growing in him. We hear about large numbers of Christians in Africa and parts of Asia, and even in some Muslim lands, the numbers of Christians has been growing. We've heard quite a lot in recent years from Pastor David Christian about mission in Vietnam. Similar seeding is going on in Cambodia. In 2008, I was privileged to see, all too briefly, Lutheran mission in action in Cambodia. It was sponsored and encouraged by Lutheran Church Canada. At this stage, the Lutheran Church had 16 pastors and eight deaconesses. I saw some 40 Sunday school teachers and church workers taking part in a week-long seminar to give them a greater understanding of God's word. I heard them being taught, teaching was in English of course, but there was a translator. I heard them being taught, among other things, the difference between law and gospel and how we need both to address us. If we don't hear God's law, his commandments, we don't see our sin and the need for a saviour. If we don't hear the gospel, the good news of Christ, we'll either despair of being saved or we'll end up like the Pharisees who wrongly think we can save ourselves. On my first morning in Cambodia, it was moving to see 10 or so men arriving at the guest house where the seminar was being held at 6.30 for breakfast. They were all carrying bags that had a large Luther rose on one side and on the other, the words, Luther Institute, Southeast Asia. The bags would have contained their Bible, small catechism with explanation, and their workbook translated into the Khmer language. In this Buddhist and animist country, where people make offerings of food, flowers, and incense to their ancestors and to the spirit of a particular place to keep them happy, and where they pray to the gods and goddesses of heaven of sky and earth, the word of the true God is also being sown in the hearts of people. Six years ago, the Cambodia Lutheran Church had just over double the number of pastors, 34, not eight, but 20 deaconesses and more than 33 worshipping communities. It even happens in our jaded secular world that atheists are converted to faith in Christ the most recent former atheist that I'm aware of is Josh Timonen, a former associate of the world-renowned atheist Richard Dawkins. Dawkins even dedicated his 2009 book, The Greatest Show on Earth, to Josh Timonen. In an interview he gave early this month, Timonen said he grew up in a Christian home, but he drifted away from the faith as he got older. Later, he completely dismissed the, the existence of Jesus as a myth. Even after his friendship with Dawkins had ended, he held on to his atheism. It was after he, his wife and daughter, having been shaken by riots in Portland, Oregon in 2020, in those COVID, that COVID year, moved to Waco, Texas, that they began to visit a local church. They wanted to take advantage of the social benefits of attending a church, but that led to Timonen reading the scriptures 
He began reading the New Testament in its entirety and then he took up The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel, a legal journalist who also came to faith later in life. You'll find a copy of his book in the bookshop here. You can buy it. Uh, You'll also find a free copy in the church library at the doors here. Through his readings, Timonen found compelling evidence that Jesus was not a mere myth. Over the course of two years, there was a spiritual transformation in his life. He could no longer deny the reality of Jesus' life, death and resurrection. Jesus actually lived. He actually died and he actually rose, Timonen said. I can't just push that aside and say, oh, it's a myth. No, these are real events. You can watch his, uh, the interview he gave if you take a copy of the sermon, the website addresses there. In holy baptism, the seed of God's word germinated and began to grow in your life. Through repentance and God's ongoing word of forgiveness, that plant continues to grow in you. In the Holy Supper, our Lord feeds you with his body and blood so that you may grow up into him, our head. Though we don't see the harvest yet, we can be sure that there will be a harvest. It will be amazingly abundant thanks to the power of God's word. Hold on to that word, remain in it, and it will be your great privilege to be part of the rich harvest thanks to Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Amen. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.